Chapter 61 Blood in the Water They were ready for us, Brett Greywald and his poetry hunters. They were ready to do battle with the wild poetry. They came prepared with pig sticks and lightning rods. You know, those crazy things that looked like a cross between a Christmas tree and a television antenna? Brett Greywald was ready. In all the confusion and all the rage, while the cities of Dayside and White Trash burned around his ears... Brett Greywald assembled his men. He made sure they were armed with guns and divining rods, guns and flamethrowers for the shame, pig sticks and lightning rods for the wild poetry. I wasn't ready, which is starting to sound so old that I'm going to stop talking about it. They didn't even try to sneak up on us. Brett Greywald announced his presence with a whoosh of flame to light the trees with fire. The shame fell before him, tumbling into the depths of the stumbling, running, with the flames looking at their heels, with bullets whizzing past their ears. The world was a jumble of black smoke and seared flesh, ripe with sulfur and gunpowder and charcoal, screams and buzz saws. The shame shrank into the wood, contracting like a flower tossed into the abyss. It was supposed to be a trap. The Shane leading the Grey Walt into the jaws of the beast, fleeing through the wood beneath tall branches and dark trees where the wild poetry waited. Such wild and errant verse should have fed on the Shane, on their fear and blood and death. They would have egged on the Grey Walt in days long past and yesterday's nights. They would have reveled in the pain. Not tonight. The wild poetry answered to me. Poems of great light and dark design, poems of eagerness and love, of passion and greed, and the torments of jealousy on the soul. Such voices as this, such sounds and verse and fury, waiting, watching, patient as the night. As the shame fled, as a gray wall drew blood, burning flesh and scarring bone, making widows and orphans of us all. Strike now, strike now, the poems fell upon Brett Greywald and his family. For the first and last time that night, the Greywald poetry hunters paused in their soul-searing rage and revelry. The wild poetry swept into them with sound and fury, forgotten storm and forever night. The Greywald died. In that instant, they fell beneath the touch of the divine. But Brack Greywald wouldn't be silenced. Throwing down his machine pistol, he took up his pig stick and stood against the shade of forgotten colors that blocked his path. Wild poems couldn't stand against such poetry hunters. The battle was joined. No more victory. One side or the other. The Greywald fell. Shane screamed. Poetry were silenced forevermore. The forest was thick with smoke, both black and brown and white and red. That's four things. Oh, fuck it. Who cares? I ran, pushing the line, reaching for the edge where Shane and Greywald met, where wild poems struck and protected and fought and fell. They weren't enough. The poems weren't made for such work to protect one and harm the other, to strike at my enemy while defending themselves from the Greywald poetry hunters.
Morning by Moonlight, Armageddon Fantasy, Bound, a word in paper and bone, lost me. I felt them fall, pages flapping like a bird's wings, desperate to be free of the net, falling, desperate, flailing, alone, silenced. The line was before me, a nightmare of dark light and black smoke, flickering by flaming moonlight. The stench of gunpowder and blood and charred flesh was everywhere. Before me was a tapestry of dreams, the soul of chaos that was the wild poetry. There were the gray wolf poetry hunters, striking against the dark, against the chaos, against the night. They held pig sticks and automatic rifles. Some weaved a river of fire to consume the sky. The trees were light and smoke and flame, ash and cinders falling around me like so many dead and dying fireflies. It was as if... The stars had forsaken the night's dark sky, flinging themselves from heaven to die upon the earth. What can I say? The world was a page ripped straight from the depths of hell. For whatever reason, I remembered a place beneath the earth, not hell, but it might as well have been where frogs had fallen, where frogs had died, twisting, writhing, bursting like overripe fruit, skin slipping from flesh and bone. I remembered the fire and raised my hands. Let the flames twist between my fingers, grow comfortable with my touch. I gave the flames a taste for man-meat, a desire to touch human flesh, consume rage and anger and lust and pain, cleansing all with fire. Melodramatic? Sure, why not? Fire and lightning and errant verse fell once more upon the gray-walled poetry hunters at my touch. Men screamed, voices fell, Guns were silenced or fired blind. It hurt. I don't know how it happened. I looked down and there was blood. Sticky, sweet, that's a lie. Blood tastes like shit, makes you want to puke. It was my blood, trickling down my arm. My shoulder was a mess, must have been shot. I don't know, nothing to worry about. They couldn't kill me, which is when I realized who had shot me. Brack Greywald stood with his men in the inferno. Ash and chaos and smoke and flame flowing all around him. He had a gun. Clipped me in the shoulder with it. He would try for a headshot next. Bullet right between the eyes. I lunged for him. Tripping over burnt wood and dark corpses as once were men. Stumbling, keeping my feet, I reached for him. The hammer fell. Gun clicked. Nothing happened as the world roared around us. He was out of ammo. Throwing the gun at me for all the good it did, he grabbed a lightning rod. He swung for me, twisting the great stick that he held. Me? Skipping backward, sideways. I didn't care. Away. I found something. A stick, a branch. It may have been a severed limb. Branching it like a weapon, lightning stick meant branch. Connected, stuck, held, pulled free. Another swing, stumbling, twisting, staggering, reaching for me. I struck with my branch. He countered, fading back, parrying, striking again. There was another poetry hunter, pointing a gun. No, a flamethrower. That would hurt. Consumed by flame, it would take hours and hours to heal. I turned, throwing the branch. Flames lashed into the dark, into the night. The lightning rod lashed across my stomach, digging deep, pulling it and testing flesh and blood. Whatever. That hurt. I felt the world fade. I felt the wild poetry grow bold. They knew their master was faltering. If I fell, they would claim all. Brat Greywold grinned, unaware of how close he was to getting everybody killed.
He was blind. Brett Greywald couldn't see anything past the end of his nose, cared only for what served his family. Damn the consequences. The Greywald would be great. They would tame the wild poetry, giving all to the librarians, trading with the fair folk, indulging in luxury while all else suffered. If the Shane or other poetry hunters stood against him, they would suffer. They would fall. That was it. That was all. Brett Greywald wouldn't rest until he had hunted the wild poetry to extinction, like the whales or the buffalo or anything that's been hunted to the end. I showed this vision to the wild poetry, and they understood or didn't care. I never figured out which. It didn't matter. The wild poetry took him. With my hands on his pig stick, Brett Greywald couldn't defend himself from the wild verse. He shivered like an old man before my eyes, growing thin and gaunt, losing all his hair. He faltered, growing frail, unable to hold his pig stick. The wild poems consumed him. As he lived, so he died. He was a good man, strange but true. He cared for his people, wanting the best for them. The fair folk provided that, the best, everything he could ever hope for, anything he could ever want. His people were well looked after. None dared hurt them. Nothing would stand against them. If you were a danger to his family, you were dead. He was dead. And the Greywald poetry hunters were broken. Like a pebble striking the ocean. They knew he was gone. His people, his poetry hunters, his men. They fell back, confused, without a leader, defeated. The Shane knew it, too. And they fell upon the Greywald, as his people had tortured them. The Shane now devoured the Greywald in the wood. It wasn't what I wanted. This wasn't an end to killing. But I let it happen. The Shane had earned this, blood for blood, an eye for an eye. With my help, the Greywald had raped and maimed and killed. I owed the Shane this night of bloodshed. I led them to their vengeance. There would be time enough for grief and regret in the morning. Wandering back into the forest, I found him. First the non-existent Jack, and then anonymous Freeman. He wasn't participating in the wilding. You look like hell, Anon Freeman said. I'll feel like hell in the morning. It's done. It's over. The Greywald are broken. The forest belongs to us as it should be. We need fear them no more. Tomorrow we shall march on Dayside and claim the city for our own. What's left of it anyway? I know. We knew this would be hard. We must remember that it's not over. The Greywald will be forever trying to reclaim what they had, just as we have fought for what was rightfully ours. A vicious cycle. It will never end. Unless. Unless. The fair folk. They started this. They gave Brack Greywald greed and training and bloodlust and guns. They'll not stop. No, they won't stop. We must stop them. You're mad. No, maybe. I don't know. It's the night. It's the scent of death in the air. You will march on Dayside. Do so. But don't turn your wrath on the people of Dayside. They've done nothing. It's the fair folk who drive them. It's the librarians who have brought them. You would have us attack the very storm. Yes, you know it's the way. 
as I've helped you help me. Listen to me. Do as I say. Let the gray-walled poetry hunters be. Join with them against your enemy. Attack the library of lost hopes and forgotten dreams. This audio recording of The Fair of Gideon and the Tale of the Donkey is copyright 2011 by Keith D. Jones. All rights reserved. <laughs>